It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover because we're actually going to cover three days. So each segment will be a different day of the week to get us caught up. Basically, um, I thought about doing the show solo yesterday, but there was so much to talk about that. I feel like it would have been a disservice if we didn't have you here, Dennis, because you saw three games that all had big implications and were, for two of the three, were really, really good games. Yeah, and uh, and I saw uh, two area teams win championships. Right. Um, which is cool. And then the, uh, the other game, uh, I know championships are great when you win your league title, but I think the win that the Big Red Girls got might be the big <laughs> like th- that might be the thing that that sends them on a little run you know what well, i mean you were right you, about you get that win and that, now they feel like we can beat anybody well you called that with the northern boys in the after the anchor bay win um yeah we'll talk about them for a while too because what they've done this week is uh well historical so yeah, a lot of big moments uh, for them. So let's not wait around. Let's get right to it because it's going to be a busy show today. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700 for all your real estate needs o'connor realty small enough to know you large enough to serve you hi chip mortimer here so much depends on your roof mortimer lumber proudly features the landmark series shingle from certain key roofing landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including 
Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you are back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. And uh, we are looking back at Monday first, and we're going to start with uh, the boys' basketball from Monday. There were only four games, but there was one – well, three and a half games. But there was one (laughs) really big one, Uh, and that was the Port Huron Northern boys were on the road at Lakeshore. Kind of glad now that this game – like we were – I was pouting – when initially this game got canceled and the date was switched. Right. And it was pushed back. I'm glad it happened now because mm-hmm. it worked out that I could go see this game. Yep. Um, and what it what it all boiled down to was Northern had a one-game lead on Lakeshore. Lakeshore wins. It would have gone down to each team's last league game. And Northern had the advantage there. They were playing Anchor Bay. Lakeshore was playing Frazier. Tougher game, a game that Lakeshore should win, but Frazier's a tougher game than, right. than playing Anchor Bay. They've Frazier's won a basketball game. Yeah, whereas Anchor Bay is winless this year. Um, and uh, so Northern, with a win, clinched it outright. And it's always fun. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I, I, I've done this with, with hockey teams. When you win something, it's always more fun to do it on the road. Because no, because you can you can be when you do it at home, you've got to share it with everybody. Like I get it, they're your fans, 
everything, but you've got to share it with everybody. When you do it on the road in front of the other team's people, yeah, you, you, there's just something extra special with that, and then you can enjoy the bus ride. I was just going to say. And you don't have to share it with anybody till you get off the bus. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's special to go in because they, they had already came up to Northern, and, and then Northern went down there, and, well, tell them how it happened, and then we can talk about that feeling. Well, it, it was a really good ball game. First, it's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover because we're actually going to cover three days. So each segment will be a different day of the week to get us caught up. Basically, um, I thought about doing the show solo yesterday, but I, there was so much to talk about that. I feel like it would have been a disservice if we didn't have you here, Dennis, because you saw three games that all had big implications and were, for two of the three, were really, really good games. Yeah, and uh, and I saw uh, two area teams win championships. Right. Um, which is cool. And then the, uh, the other game, uh, I know championships are great when you win your league title, but I think the win that the Big Red Girls got – might be the big <laughs> like th- that might be the thing that that sends them on a little run you know what well, i mean you were right you, about you get that win and that now they feel like we can beat anybody well you called that with the northern boys in the after the anchor bay win um yeah we'll talk about them for a while too because what they've done this week is uh well historical so yeah, a lot of big moments uh, for them. So let's not wait around. Let's get right to it because it's going to be a busy show today. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. 
Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Derek Lean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Lean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Lean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Derek Clean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you are back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. And uh, we are looking back at Monday first, and we're going to start with uh, the boys' basketball from Monday. There are only four games. But there was one, well, three and a half games, but there was one <laughs> really big one. Uh, and that was the Port Huron Northern boys were on the road at Lakeshore. Kind of glad now that this game, like we were, I, I was pouting when initially this game got canceled and the date was switched. Right. And it was pushed back. I'm glad it happened now because mm-hmm. it worked out that I could go see this game. Yep. Um, and what it what it all boiled down to was – Northern had a one-game lead on Lakeshore. Lakeshore wins. It would have gone down to each team's last league game. 
and Northern had the advantage there. They were playing Anchor Bay. Lakeshore was playing Frazier. Tougher game. A game that Lakeshore should win, but Frazier's a tougher game than, right. than playing Anchor Bay. They've Frazier's won a basketball game. Yeah, whereas Anchor Bay is winless this year. Um, and uh, so Northern, with a win, clinched it outright. And it's always fun. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I, I, I've done this with, with hockey teams. When you win something, it's always more fun to do it on the road. Because no, because you can you can be when you do it at home, you've got to share it with everybody. Like I get it, they're your fans, everything, but you've got to share it with everybody. When you do it on the road in front of the other team's people, yeah, you, you, there's just something extra special with that, and then you can enjoy the bus ride. I was just gonna and say, and you don't have to share it with anybody till you get off the bus. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's special to go in because they they had already came up to Northern and and then Northern went down there and well, tell them how it happened and then we can talk about that feeling. Well, it, it was a really good ball game. First, there was some history um, because the Northern has this kid Tyler Jamison who apparently <laughs> is kind of good, um, and he and he was just five points away from becoming the third all time highest scoring player in Northern history. And this is his junior year, and, and he he's half played his sophomore year, like under two and a half seasons worth of basketball. So he needed five points to pass his uncle Scott Jamison for third all time, and he got that like four minutes into the game. Yeah. Um, so and he finished with uh, twenty eight. So he's he's now shooting at his uncle Matt to become the second, and and that's probably going to happen in a few games here. Well, he yeah. Well, well, yeah, we'll talk about it in the last segment because um, they played again in between yeah. our last show and this one. Yeah, and and I, we figured it that if he averages twenty a game, which would be under what he's been scoring this year, um, he'll so he'll be their all time leading scorer by the end of the season. That's so stupid. Anyway, and and Joel Weimer scored a lot of points. Yeah, he was just shy of thirteen hundred points. Yes, he was. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, Luke Maher had 10. He hit three big free throws uh, at the end. But we'll talk about that. First quarter, great quarter basketball, back and forth, up and down. Lakeshore leads it 12-11 to 11 after one quarter. And you already knew two evenly matched teams were going to have a game tonight. Right. It wasn't like last time where Northern came out, smacked them, and Lakeshore never recovered. Yeah. Um, and then Lakeshore won the second quarter 12-10. to 10, So they're up 24-21 at halftime. Again, really competitive, great ball game, but but now you're looking at it in your head like, you know, okay, who's got the first possession of the third? You know, does Northern need a stop here? Because if they give up a bucket or a three, all of a sudden it's a five- or six-point game right. and their fans are getting rowdy and, and into the game. you could hear their student section in your broadcast yeah. the whole night. If, if Northern, you know, gets the ball first and they get a bucket, how does that – you know, change things, and, and it was really good. Northern won the, the third quarter, 16-14, so it's 38-37 Lakeshore going into the fourth, and I'm just like, okay, Th- this is the way a game for the title is supposed to be. Both teams have energy. Both teams have emotion. Both teams know they have to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Northern just had a little bit uh, more – Odd moment in the game. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this. Evan DeLong was trying to throw the ball to, I I think it was Jamison, underneath the basket. 
I don't know if he got too much under. I don't know if the ball was deflected, maybe. I don't know. But he shot it into his own hoop. He shot it into his own hoop. That was back in what, like the second quarter? Yes, yeah, the second or third. Second or second or the third quarter. But he but he shot it into his own basket. It, it, yeah, it had to be second quarter because Lakeshore ended the game at the other end of, and the scorekeepers were confused at first. They gave Northern a bucket. <laughs> like you will not then, believe this trick to score and, more points. And, and then, and then the, you know the Lakeshore coach obviously was at the scorer's table. Yeah. Like, you put that up on our side. Yeah. That's our basket, which is true. Which is Very true. true. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, in, in the end, the, and because I went on because the rest of the game because it's so close, and I'm like, oh my gosh, if Northern loses by two or by one, or the game goes to overtime and they they lose. Right. It's like how how bad is that gonna feel? Didn't have to worry about it. Uh forty nine forty seven, the Huskies win. They had a look. Lakeshore had a look. They have a kid, Jalen Jackson. Little who's guy. Pretty explosive. But he I mean, he can't be taller than what, five seven? Yeah, he he's the smallest guy on the court, but, but he's, he's the he fastest. might be the fastest. Uh, I'd like I'd like to see him. Okay, race Jamison with basketballs. Right. Because Jamison with a basketball is probably faster than he is without one. It seems like it. Like, but this this kid is explosive. And that's an NBA name, Jalen Jackson. Come on. Um, but uh, he finished with 11, but he penetrated, and he got to the basket, and he had a finger roll, uh, and he missed it off the glass. Um, and time ran out uh, in the scramble for the rebound. Uh, or that game does go to overtime. They also had a, a kid, uh, Jalen uh, Oasika, uh, 20 points in the game. Uh, and for a while, he was matching Jamison, but you can't match Jamison. See, it's funny because in the game I saw, Jackson had the 20 points and o- Owasika, Oasika, however you pronounce it. He they did- were saying Oasika on the PA, so I went with him. So Oasika didn't score. In the game, he got dunked on by Jameson. Yeah, he didn't get dunked on in this. He he played, uh, and maybe that motivated him. Maybe he said, "Oh, last time this guy lit me up, and tonight it's right. going to be a different story in my gym." Um, you know, they they had nice performances, but they don't have what they don't have is any like bench play. No, like the, their their starting five have got to do it all. Or they're not getting it done. And it's a talented starting five. Yeah, but you're right; they do not go deep on that bench. No, at uh, all. the the Simmons kid was the only guy that that scored off their bench. Uh, and while he's a good rebounder, he's also a real good fouler. <laughs> yeah, no one from Lakeshore's bench made a field goal in the game. I did. They only had five players score in general. And Simmons had one point. And McLeod had two. Those were all free throws. Yeah. So and and for Northern it was mainly Jamison and uh, Maher. But when other guys score, it's at an important moment. That's what I'm noticing about it. Like Evan DeLong only had four points, but Lakeshore was on like a, a little run, like an eight to two run, and he knocked down a three. Like that's the only shot he made all night. But it came at a moment where it stopped. A run and right. got Northern like oh Northern's right back in the game. They're down six now. They're only down three, um, and and the same thing with Jacob Clark. Jacob Clark knocked down a three when it looked like Lakeshore might be on a little bit of a run, and oh that three goes through and Northern's right back uh, within scratching distance. So uh, the the Huskies played a really good game on the road, got a really nice uh, win. 
very happy um, for uh, Coach Jamison. Uh, yeah, they got another Jamison over there, and he's been there for a while too. <laughs> um, and uh, just a, a, a real, real good win. Um, and he has promised us that he'll get on the show. We just are working out the logistics to that because we, we need to talk, you know, about their team, about his son, and about what's going on with Northern basketball because it's fun right now. Yes, and it's it's a lot of fun. They clinched the Mac Blue outright, and you're right. That feeling, you celebrate that bus ride home, there's nothing better because, mm. and, and to get it outright too. Like getting a share is – is great. Like that's. I'm not taking anything away. But no, yeah, a league you, championship's a league championship. Right. But when you're up there by yourself and you just beat the se- the second place team to do it, to really put the nail in the coffin at their place. Yeah, that's awesome. So really good basketball game. I had a lot of uh, fun um, and uh, and enjoyed uh, that one. You had well, you had uh, a half of a game. I had like sixty percent of a basketball you, you, game. You 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 saw so, you saw the longest uh, game from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, it took like five days to complete. Um, so St. Clair and Southlake boys basketball. It was what last Tuesday that the game had to be postponed because of a leak in the roof. It stopped at 155 in the second quarter. It was 14 to 13. St. Clair was leading. And it just had a weird feel to it from the start, obviously. So they're just shooting around. They go through warm-ups and they like Southlake got there about 25 minutes before because there was no JV game. They just were shooting around. And then they Warm up, go to play, and play the national anthem. It's like, all right, South Lake ball going that way. And it's like at the end of the half. So you're at a point where you feel like you should be in the flow of a game, but you really weren't. It was 14 13. St. Clair was up. St. Clair scored the only five points of the restarted second quarter. They were up 18 13. South Lake went on a little run. I believe they got it up to like 20 to 18. And then St. This is Clair. after you didn't have a halftime, right? Right. There was no halftime. There, no, you played a minute 55. Right. You have a halftime. Right. <laughs> yeah, they play, I think they did like a minute and a half break instead of a minute break. So that was there was no halftime. They came out in the third quarter. Southlake went on a run, got a couple and ones, and then they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn the rest of the night. St. Clair started scoring. And Kai Pennewell started to flex his muscle a little bit inside. At the end of the third quarter, it was 31-20, and Southlake never had a chance to get back into it. St. Clair put the foot on the throat, won the fourth quarter, really 13-7, to but at the, at the buzzer, um, one of the Southlake players, I believe it was uh, Terrell Jackson, just throws up a three from the volleyball line, and it goes right down the middle. <laughs> after Southlake couldn't hit a three if their life depended on it. And it almost felt like, like that's a big advantage for St. Clair, driving 45 minutes to play 20 minutes of basketball. Like That was a weird situation, but St. Clair took advantage of it and gave Southlake their first loss in league this year. Yeah, because it's interesting. A one-point game almost at halftime sounds like it was a pretty good game back on Tuesday. Right. Then it sounds like on Monday, Southlake is like, why are we here? It, it, that's kind of what it felt like, especially because they were just throwing up threes. They couldn't make a shot. And that's got to be hard to do because you don't have time to get in the rhythm of the game. And, you know, by the time you are, it's like, oh, crap, it's the fourth quarter and we're down 11. 
And St. Clair, you're in your own gym. You didn't have to travel. That was a big advantage to them. But St. Clair spread the wealth really well. Kai Pennewell ended the game with 10 points. Eli Lohr had 8. Luke Ellis had 6. Cam Bleasdale had 6. They did a good job spreading the wealth around, but even scoring 44 points, that's not a lot. But you held South Lake to 30. That's a high-scoring team. That's a team that averages in the mid-50s every time out and to only have them score 30 and in the last half 17 yeah that's that's impressive that's a nice win by St. Clair gives them a chance to share a league title but they need a little bit of help yeah we'll talk about that in the third segment okay um uh time to maybe start uh, looking up and paying attention to the ugly boys because I'm going to read them winning some games uh the last uh, couple of times they've played uh, but they beat Cass City on Monday, 46-36. to 36. They're a team that we kind of flew under the radar the first half of the season because they weren't games. playing games. Uh, now they're playing games, and they're winning most of them. Uh, and a 10-point win over uh, Cass City, who are generally fairly formidable in basketball. I, I saw them earlier this year. I don't remember what their, their record is. But usually they're 500 or above. As Cass a basketball City. program, yeah, yeah, they're usually pretty decent. Um, let me give you right now; they're seven and four on the year. Yeah, they were going into that game at six and three. So you you got New Haven Merritt beating Burton Center Point. You know, I didn't even where did Burton Center Point come from? I never heard of these guys, and then I look them up. They've been around for a little while, but it's like, what the hell are some of these teams? Uh, Merritt sixty four, Burton Center Point twenty. Those were the boys' games from Monday. They were just the four. A um, little bit busier girls' schedule, but not much busier. Dakota beat Port Huron Northern 49-9. to The Lady Huskies really take – and Dakota is really good. Right. Um, you know, the, Dakota might be the best team in the MAC, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll talk. I mean, Gross Point North would say, no, we're better. I've seen North and I've seen Dakota – I got to be honest, uh, and they were both against PH, and North beat PH by like five, and PH, in a game that we'll talk about, beat Dakota. I just think Dakota's better. I think they're they're deeper. I think they've got better players. I think they're better coached. Like, And that's not a slight. Like, Obviously, Gross Point North has good players. Obviously, they're coached well, and obviously, they're winning more games than anybody else. But I, I just – Dakota is a team that scares me. Uh, and then they really took it to a, a young northern uh, team on uh, Monday. Yeah, I mean that that's going to happen. That's part of having a young team. Sometimes you got to take that one on the chin. But again, we've documented they're young, and it seem it sounds like that ha- when that happens, it's a perfect storm. Yeah. Um, how about Elmont? The Elmont girls beat Notre Dame Prep twenty nine twenty five, and Brady's off air reaction right away was, "Oh ho." This because Notre Dame Prep is one of those girls teams that always ends up in a regional, yeah, against our local teams. And he's like, "Oh ho, maybe Notre Dame Prep's not going to get there. It'll be and maybe if they do, they're not that formidable, right? And our teams so that, have a chance. That's a nice win for Almont. Yeah, that's a very nice win. Um, Bad Axe twenty nine, Croslex eighteen in a uh, game involving a BWAC team. And then everything else was basically uh, up in the uh, thumb. Uh, Parkway Christian did beat New Haven Merritt 51-11. to 
Kingston over Deckerville, 42-28. Watch out for those Kingston girls. They're good. Mm. And Bay City All Saints beat Peck. 43 to uh, 25. So that was the girls' basketball from Monday. And there was one hockey game on Monday. Uh, Marysville was shut out by Rochester Unified. Three to nothing, but things would get better for the Vikings later in the week. Yes, and they that would. will uh, happen in uh, segment two. And this was supposed uh, to be the short segment. Segment two is going to be strap in, folks, get some yeah. popcorn. There was a lot going on on uh, Tuesday. The game I saw will day. take up 15 minutes by itself. <laughs> Fifty only fifteen minutes. I was being conservative. Well, yeah, I was going to say I, I, I might have a five dollar bill on that. <laughs> when you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 Two five zero seventy five twenty. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? 
Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady, and we'll start with uh, boys basketball from (laughs) Tuesday and the game that uh, Brady was at, which apparently was a gong show. It was, well, it was was a great combination of a really good basketball game combined with just, it was a, a great basketball game in the twilight zone. <laughs> so to set this up for you. You can say it. The officials stunk. They were not optimal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And then, well, it wasn't just them. There were other weird things. So Cranbrook comes to Mooney. And it seems like an innocuous 2-9 and nine Cranbrook team, which even Mike McAndrews tells me before the game, he goes, there are a few possessions away from being... A much having a much better record. Cardinal Mooney nine and five. They lost their last two. You're going all right. Well, this is a get right game for Mooney, and we'll start off with. I'm going through the Cranbrook roster, and I'm looking and I see something and I uh, I, uh Ken Semmelsberger, the AD down there. I, I see him. I go, Ken, is this a typo? He goes, No, this is what they they sent it to us. Number ten's name for Cranbrook, Evan Evans. <laughs> Not only did he have two first names, he had the same first names. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. But usually it seems like every time I've gotten a weird name, like I've shown you some that could have yeah. definitely got me in trouble, they didn't play. Um, yeah, he ended up playing. He didn't start. So Cranbrook and Mooney come out, and it's a slow, sluggish first quarter. Scoring points is like pulling teeth. No one can do much. And at the end of the first quarter, the freshman guard that starts for Cranbrook, Charlie Song, throws up a half-court prayer, hits the square, hits the rim, hits the square, rolls on the rim, and goes down. 
<laughs> so a half-court shot that hung on the rim longer than it was in the air makes it 13-7 to Cranbrook. You're like, all right, Cranbrook's come to play, and Mooney's still struggling a little bit. Second quarter, offenses exploded. I was saying, well, that was a slow-moving first quarter. What? Nope, boom. 21-21 in the second quarter. It is 34-28 at halftime. And I'm like, oh, wow, we are off and running. So far, been a pretty normal game for the most part. And didn't like just a well-played, high-flying basketball game. Neither side was happy with their defense, but there were some really nice buckets being scored. Third quarter comes around, and Evan Evans had played a little bit in the second quarter. At one point, he had like eight and seven or nine straight points. He had a three, and then, but a lot of them were like fast break layups. Like he was just in the right spot at the right time. He had nine at the break. Third quarter comes around, and every time Mooney is getting close, so like Cranbrook would get the lead to seven, and then Mooney would get it to three, and Evan Evans would get the ball, and bang, three. And it's like, all right, all right, he just hit his second three. They'd get it back down to four. Evan Evans, three, boom, nope, seven-point lead for us. And it just kept happening. Like, he kept making shots. And Cranbrook outscored Mooney in the third, 23-20. Cranbrook's up nine going into the fourth quarter. And that's when the music started playing and we entered the twilight zone. <laughs> Dennis, <laughs> you know, usually, I mean, our notes and our in our game book are enough to get us through. Yesterday, um, I went back and I filled up one entire page in my notebook of crazy stuff that happened in the Cranbrook Mooney game. And one line is about not the fourth quarter, and that's the Charlie song hitting a half court shot. So start of the fourth quarter, 57-48. Cranbrook would hit another bucket. They'd get up by 11. Cranbrook is, I'm just going to take you through this whole fourth quarter, so buckle in. Cranbrook is at the free throw line and front end of of a one-and-one. Kid shoots it, makes it, and the official from the other side of half court blows his whistle, goes, lane violation. Mooney basketball, and everyone just kind of looked around like nobody moved. <laughs> so it was on the other end Did of the, the court. Did the shooter have his foot on the line? Ah. It was on the other end of the court, so I just kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, because where you're set up at Mooney, your view is the end of the bench at the corner on the home bench side. So Mooney's shooting towards me. Cranbrook's going away from me. So all right. Whatever, lane violation. And in the third quarter, Cranbrook got into severe foul trouble. Mooney was in the double bonus going into the fourth quarter. Like The fouls were like 10 to 4 or something. And a couple of the really nice players for Cranbrook, uh, Charlie Song, John Kirsch, and Brandon McCaskill, all were in foul trouble. And Kirsch and McCaskill were the ones that you know, Mike McAndrew said, hey, these, are the, these guys can play for them. So... Kirsch and McCaskill are sitting out to start the fourth quarter. Uh, so it goes about halfway through the fourth quarter, no problem. Score gets uh, somewhere in the five to nine point range. 350 left to go in the fourth quarter. John Kirsch re-enters the game with four fouls. Gets a quick fast break bucket. 
going back and forth. Evan Evans has the ball. Looks like Cranbrook trying to go on a run. Dribbling down the left side. Goes up for a – or doesn't even go up for a layup. He gets called for a travel. Dennis, he never picked up his dribble. <laughs> and he got called for a travel. Like just going down the left side. And I'm like – and that was another one. It was at the other end. I was like, that was odd, but I couldn't – I don't know what they saw. So – I didn't think too much of it at the time, um, but you could hear the one coach from Cranbrook yell, you can't get called for a travel if you're still dribbling in the background of the broadcast. So that was weird. So here's what happened. After that, Brian uh, – no, excuse me. That one was later. I, I, I put them in the wrong order. So going back and forth, Mooney takes a shot. Don't remember if they make or miss it. They outlet it to Kirsch, and Kirsch is a big guy. Like, you can tell he's a football player. He's got boulder shoulders. He he doesn't miss a day in the gym. He looks like a linebacker, but he had a lot of basketball skill. He's going down the court, and he's got two Mooney guys in front of him. Dom Catavera is, like, trying to cut him off in the paint, and I think Trent Rice was coming behind him. Catavera's standing straight up and down, and Kirsch kind of, Tries to get down into the paint, goes up for a shot, makes contact with Catavera, and they, they blow the whistle. And I'm like, oh, they got Catavera for a foul because he just stood up. He ran into him. Catavera like tried to block it. Play happens a thousand times a game. I'm like, oh, all right, Kirsch going to the line for two, and then they called a charge. <laughs> Nobody hit the floor. He didn't. Push off with an offense. Not like he threw a forearm trying to get through. There were two or three Mooney players around him. No one hit the floor. Mike McAndrews was getting upset because he thought they called a foul on Catavera. And they call a charge on Kirsch, and that's his fifth foul. Dennis, I, I go back and listen. I was completely flabbergasted. I have no idea how you see that and the conclusion you come to as a charge. You, so you think it should have just been no call? It should have been. If they would have called on Catavera, I thought it would have been a weak call. But I, like usually you can understand the thought process in a call. You go, oh, they thought there was contact or they saw this. There was no scenario where that ends in a charge. Unless I missed something. And again, it was at the other end of the court, but I had a pretty good look at it. Where he threw an elbow or something. They called a charge. And it should have probably been a no call. If you wanted to call a foul on Catavera, probably wouldn't have been the best one, but I would have understood how you came to that conclusion. So he fouls out on the worst charge call I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. So I, I'm like, oh, wow, Mooney caught a huge break. So instead of one of their best players going to the line for free throws, they get the basketball. Brian Everhart has it uh, on the next possession. They go around. He makes a layup. McAndrews tries to call a time. He is, Dennis, meeting you away. Timeout, 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 timeout. Doesn't get it after. So it's 66-61 at this point. Cranbrook's up. So he doesn't get a timeout. Cranbrook doesn't score. Uh, they come back down. Balls. They shoot the ball. Ball's loose on a rebound. There's a pile for it. Cadavera jumps on it. And Mooney's able to get a timeout. And... The Cranbrook coach didn't want it. I thought they got the timeout. Like he, he held it like he fell on it like a football player and got the timeout. 109 to go. 
And I still have half a page to go to read all this <laughs> stuff that happened. So the next uh, off the inbound rebound goes around and it goes up. It looks like the uh, Cranbrook player tips it out of the hands of a Mooney player. They give it to Cranbrook's ball. Again, those are calls I understand how maybe I thought it should have been Mooney's ball, but I understand how you give it back to Cranbrook. Like that wasn't a bad call. Those are judgment calls. I had no problem with those. So they have the basketball, 66-61. Cranbrook runs one of those home run plays where they set a pick and the guy goes around and he's streaking down the middle of the floor. Has Mooney beat Easy layup, kid sails it, like 15 yards over his head. If if it was football and someone tackled him, there wouldn't have been pass interference because it was uncatchable. <laughs> like they had Don't have him that rule in high school. I know, but <laughs> he like perfect play. They got Mooney. They they got the one over on him. Just missed the home run ball. So then, uh. Cardinal Mooney, and then there was a controversy. Did the kid touch it or not, like with his fingertips? They talked about that for two minutes. Eventually, they say it was tipped. I thought it was tipped. That looked like the right call. It, it, it barely got touched. So it's at the other end. Mooney uh, has it, um, uh, comes down, doesn't score. Evan Evans has it going the other way, and it feels like this is going to be another time where Evan freaking Evans, who at this point had hit six threes and had 25 points. Kid who came off the bench, mind you. Going down, hits a beautiful Euro step. He's going down just inside the right side of the lane. Fakes right, goes left, steps with the left. As he steps with the left, jumps, hits a reverse layup on the other side. They blow the whistle on like, there's an and one. For Evan Evans, every time Mooney had any moment. Game over. Yeah, like game that's over. the three, dagger. Three-point play, game over. Traveling. <laughs> Traveling. And it was – at this point, the Cranbrook bench is just – it's almost gone over from just extremely mad to laughing. Like they're like, I can't believe this. And, I, and I'm straight up saying, I'm like, Mooney's our home team. They are getting the benefit of some of these calls. Like some of the at the biggest time. Because, yeah, that probably would have been the dagger. Comes down, Brian Everhart, bang, three. So after the three, they hit it with about 31-ish seconds, give or take a second. The clock ran for like an extra second after the timeout. Nothing huge. So I think it had like 28.5. I'm like, all right, they'll put 30 or 31 seconds back on there. No big deal. The official blew the whistle right away. He said, all right, we got this. So I'm re- I'm doing my recap, timeout, whatever. They put 36 seconds back on the clock. I'm like, all right. So they just got an extra like five seconds there. Whatever. There's still plenty of time left. Cranbrook has the ball and the lead. Uh, off the inbound, they uh, Julian Iadisi intentionally fouls McCaskill. He misses the front end of the one-and-one. One. Mooney gets the break. They get the miss. On the other end, Iadisi has the ball in the low block, kind of underneath the rim. He goes up for the shot, and McCaskill, at least with the hand, blocks it clean as day. His hand hit all ball, sent it out of bounds. He could have gotten him with the body. 
but it was at the Mooney end. It looked like a clean block for me. They call a foul on McCaskill. That's his fifth. IADC's going to the line to tie it. So McCaskill's fouled out. Kirsch is fouled out. And hits both free throws, 66-66. In the chaos, Cranbrook inbounds. And just a brain fart. Hilliker intentionally fouls Peruski from Cranbrook. And just some sometimes it, you you you've been down the whole game. It hadn't been tied. It was never tied. The last time Cardinal Mooney led three to two. Him and Cadavera are like double teaming at half court, and Hilliker just kind of puts his hand on his back, trying to intentionally foul him. And it's like he they just intentionally fouled. I thought it was Cadavera on the stream. Found out it was Hilliker. Intentionally fouls Peruski, despite it being tied at sixty six. Now, luckily for Hilliker. He picked the right kid to intentionally <laughs> foul because Peruski is not a great free throw shooter. And he bricked the front end of the one and one hard. Trent Rice has it. Driving uh, floats it into Catavera. Catavera turns, banks off the glass, and it. Now here's where the real tomfoolery starts. <laughs> yeah, and this is the like. At one thing after another, I'm trying to process all this, and more gets thrown at me. So he makes this shot seven or eight seconds left. By the time Cranbrook gets it and goes to inbound, there's five or six. They throw it in. At like two and a half seconds left, for some reason, the clock stopped momentarily. And I believe Cranbrook was trying to call a timeout. I don't know that for certain but I believe they were inbound and Cranbrook's going down. And then after the clock had stopped, stopped for maybe a second and then restarted official blows the whistle and Cranbrook takes a shot, misses buzzer sounds. He goes, no, no, my timeout game's not over. I'm like, all right, Hey, they saw the same thing. I saw good job. So they're going over the scorers table. Trying to figure out, and I'm thinking they're going to put anywhere, at minimum, they're going to put the two and a half seconds that were on the clock when it stopped. Really probably should have been four or five seconds. So I'm looking, 0.4 goes up on the clock. I'm like, oh, all right, guy just mistyped, whatever, looking. And it doesn't change. And it doesn't change. And it doesn't change. And I'm like, they're giving Cranbrook 0.4 seconds left. I, like... I couldn't believe it. I legitimately thought that they meant to put four seconds on the clock, which I don't think anyone in that gym would have complained about. And, nope, .4. And, the, and Cranbrook got the ball on the wrong side of half court. Like, they got it on their own basket. Mm-hmm. So they were 45 feet away from it. So you're only a prayer is an alley-oop. So they go, and they try to throw an alley-oop. Kid throws it. Misses the or the it misses the kid, and I don't know if it hit out of bounds or what. But the kid before he went to uh, whether it hit out of bounds on the far end or not, again hard to see if it hit the end line. Guy turns and just chucks up a shot. The guy blew a whistle before the shot, so either and then after he blew the whistle, the clock ran and time ran out. So there's confusion. Either the ball went out of bounds and no one touched it, and Mooney gets it on the sideline, or 
No one touched it. It went out of bounds on the far end. Or he touched it and went out of bounds on the far end. Game probably should have been over, but Mooney would have gotten it underneath the basket. Either way, it's Mooney basketball. They're talking about it. They're figuring out what to do. They put the .4 seconds back on the clock. So I'm like, okay, no one touched it. And then I can see Mike McAndrews getting really upset. And I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, he wants the game to be over. Cranbrook wants there to be some time on the clock for a miracle. And then for a minute, it sets up like Cranbrook's going to inbound the ball again from the same spot. <laughs> Which there can be no way. Like, the only thing I could think of of what was that, the 1972 Olympics? Yeah. When the Russians the, got like the, the four, Russians got three tries. Yeah, got to win three the game. tries to win a game. That's the only comparison I could think of of what it was. And Mike McAndrews is at half court, basically telling them there are two scenarios here: he touched it and the game's over, or he didn't touch it and it's our ball. There is no way they get the ball back right there. And they're talking, and it got to the point where the Cranbrook kid was standing at the same spot and. Cranbrook was lining up for an inbound play. And then the officials just kind of went, all right, screw it, game over. (laughs) Mooney starts celebrating. Cranbrook is completely incensed because of the last 10 minutes of things I've just said. Yeah, I I get. And I was just flabbergasted. I I get that they would be mad, but they can't be mad about, because there's no way it can be their ball. Right, I think they were just, it was the culmination of everything else, is that I think they told one kid that it was their ball, so they told him that, and then, yeah. So Mooney won in a game, I will be completely honest, Mooney had no business winning that game. Cranbrook got hosed. And I know Mooney's our home team, and I don't think, and I, and I will give a ton of credit to Mooney for keep fighting back. Yeah, they won the back. fourth quarter 20-9. to nine. Yeah, that was huge. However... If I don't think there's any Mooney fan out there that can't say that Cranbrook didn't get the short end of the stick <laughs> because that was one of the most bizarre things, and I know it was because everyone stayed for the postgame show to hear <laughs> just everything that went down, and it was everything from the worst charge call ever to uh, an and one that was actually a travel that wasn't a travel, a travel that was called when the kid was dribbling. Um, an intentional foul when it was tied. <laughs> Just all that. Mooney led at two points, 68-66 and 3-2. to two. So they escaped with their lives, beat Cranbrook, and it was, it was something else, Dennis. All right, let, let's do the BWAC. Richmond beat North Branch 67-32. to 32. Imlay City and Yale had a good one, 67-62. Oh, by the way, Richmond Spartans game, win. Sebastian Mays, 29 points. 29, yeah. That's a big game. Yeah, that's a kid I drafted. Imlay <laughs> uh, City, 67, Yale, 62. Croslex wins again. They beat Elmont, 54-39. It almost seems like a blasé Croslex score, but they're just a machine, and they just keep going. Uh, Armada beats Algonac, 65-40. By the way, I think Croslex is like 26 straight home wins now Yeah, or something just stupid. And there was a team that needed a win, Armada, and they took care of Algonac 65-40. Up in the thumb, Kingston beat Deckerville 68-47. Peck beat Bay City All Saints 62-33. And New Haven Merritt beat Flint School for the Deaf 57-12. Those are the boys' games. I was at a girls' game on uh, Tuesday night. We're still on Tuesday, right? Yeah. And uh, this was a really 
good game. Port Huron High plays a style that's not always fun to watch, but this night, this was a fun game to watch. Well, it's fun because they embrace it too. They don't shy away from kind of the the roughnecks of the Mac Red. Gritty is a word that I would use, and mean is a word that I would use. Nasty. The 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 big red, especially Julia Gilbert. I just feel like when the game is going on, the game's not going on. This is a really nice kid. <laughs> this is a sweet kid. When the game's going on, I just feel like she wants to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> don't, she, don't you, when you watch her? She wants to inflict pain on the basketball yeah, every time someone else shoots When you it. watch her play the game, especially on the defensive end, and this is where she shined. Like, I, 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 don't, I only keep points. But I, I'm going to tell you she was double digits rebounds easy. She might have been double digits steals. Like, she was just taking the ball. At one point, I, I called a play in the fourth quarter. She just reached out and took the ball. She said, no, that's my ball. <laughs> just takes it away. Um, and she might have had double digits in a She might have had a triple-double and not in all the stats that aren't, points. that aren't points. And she finished with eight points, too. Like, when they had to have a basket, she's their she, goal to She filled the player. stat sheet. Yeah, she, she just... If it was a road game, she probably would have driven the bus that night. <laughs> um, she was spectacular. Ileana Williams. I knew Ileana Williams was a good player. But when I've seen the Big Reds, hasn't had her big games. She had a big game. She scored 18 when they were struggling. See, this is how it started. 8 nothing Dakota. Yeah, that's a tough start. And Dakota's probably thinking, all right, we'll beat the other port here on school. This will be this will be easy money. Back-to-back trips down. Ileana Williams stops at the elbow and just drains it. Nothing but net. Gets it to 8-4. End up finishing the quarter on an 8-1 run, and they're only down 9-8 after one. And that it was at that moment you're like, ooh, we're going to have a game tonight. Like, this isn't going to get – Far apart. Big Red's biggest lead, six, the final score, because they made their free throws at the end. Um, Otherwise, this was like a back-and-forth, neck-and-neck game. Uh, Dakota's loaded. Coach uh, Phil McHugh has has been there like 100 years. I think he's the only basketball coach they've ever had. Really? I'm pretty sure of it. I don't know. Maybe there was a guy at the beginning when the school opened, because they've only been open, what, since the early 90s? I think so. Um, but, but he's been there for as long as I can remember, and they've had so many good teams and so many good players. Uh, and and he's, he's got, you know, again, they're big too. Dakota is the biggest basketball team, girls-wise, I've seen this season. They have got height and length um, and, and kids that uh, handle the ball really well. So what the Big Reds were doing – was super impressive. And the other port here in high girl that I want to point out is Mia Jacobs because it was a rough night for her shooting. She only made one shot from the floor. She made a three, and she was struggling with her free throws. Um, I don't even know if she shot 50% from the foul line, but she made the last three, and it was huge. And she finished with uh, eight points. Uh, And in the end, the Big Reds pulled out a 38-32 victory. 
Um, they they lost the first quarter 9-8. They won the second quarter 12-9, so they're up two at halftime. They won the third quarter by a point, so they're up three going into the fourth. And then the fourth is when the Big Reds played Big Red basketball. <laughs> Seven to four, yep. PH in the fourth quarter, locked down. We don't care about scoring anymore because, again, of their seven points, three were Jacobs at the foul line in the last like minute of the game, sealing the deal. Uh, it's like we don't care about the scoring thing. We have the lead. We're going to try to shut you out here in the fourth quarter. We don't care who you are. Uh, and they just play mean, nasty basketball. Uh, again, when I talk about all, all the categories, um, blocks, Gilbert gets five blocks every game. And again, you notice it's not she doesn't get a fingertip on it. No. She tries to give out a souvenir. Yeah, she she swats the ball into the wall or off of somebody or yes. oh, she made a great play on an inbounds. Um and you've seen it before, but but normally you don't see the girls do this. So the girl turned her back. Oh, did she throw it off the back? She threw it off her rear end. I haven't seen that this year. Threw it off her rear end and picked it up herself and went in. I think she drew a foul on the play and made a couple of free throws. But it's just like, just even in the the chaos and Dakota people, they're not used to losing. No. So they're screaming at anybody who will listen to them. Oh, woe is us. The refs stink. The other team cheats. Ah, this is unfair. You know, even though nothing's really going on like that. Right. The game, the game was pretty. There was a thousand fouls called against each team. Um, it was a typical big red basketball game, uh, and and I think psychologically, this is a huge win for PH. They're good. They know they're good. They had ten wins going into the game, but they had five losses, and against all the big shots this year. They've kind of struggled in those games. Gross well, Point struggled. North got Just them. losing in close yeah. ones. D- Dakota Lons got them Cruise the, North. the first time. Lons Cruz North got them. They did win the Goodrich game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like, you know, they, they hadn't beaten a big shot. Now they've beaten a big shot, and it's a big shot that they might play again in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really nice win. By the way, if you're curious, McCune's been at Dakota since 05. So seventeen years. Yeah, he's been there a long time. So that's yeah, that's a huge win for uh, PH. Uh, do you want to roll hockey all into one segment? Talk about well, it. We still, I got a ton of girls scores all to right. roll through. We're just gonna keep going here. Um, long no, show today. No, Get no, your no, money's no worth. sense stopping now. Uh, Gross Point North beat Northern forty-six to twenty-seven. That combined with Dakota's loss. Now the, the the red was a half game apart. Now it's a game and a half apart. So that that was a big turnaround there. Marysville crushes Sterling Heights. No surprise there. 58-23. Lady Vikings are cruising. Marine City's cruising. They crushed Roseville 54-20. No surprise yeah. there. St. Clair girls were rolling. They crushed Fitzgerald 64-20. to 20. Uh, Coach Pichkowski is saying, well, why couldn't you do our game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only oh, come God. when we play the, the, the big bruiser teams. <laughs> and they, they have – God, I've, St. Clair is going to be a tricky team in the district because, mm-hmm. again, they have beaten outside of the one Anchor Bay game everyone they should have beat. And the teams they've lost to have I don't I think the worst team they've lost to again outside of Anchor Bay has like two losses. 
South Lake, the team they lost to the start, just lost their first game in the silver. They're fourteen and three on the year. Jeez. I told you they have two freshmen. South Lake, yeah. if they stay there, South Lake is going to be a problem. Yeah, well, that's the that's the problem though nowadays. Yeah, kids move around more than they portal in college now. Uh, Utica over Anchor Bay, fifty to forty-one. New Haven beat Hazel Park, thirty-eight thirty. That was the MAC. Uh, GTC East. Uh, Brown City loses to Richmond 48-39. And then in uh, league games, Harbor Beach over Ubley 40-23. Marlette beat uh, Memphis 34-16. And the Sandusky girls strike again 56-26. They crush K-Pack. Wow, water's wet. Yeah. Uh, Water's hot. (laughs) Landmark beats Kimball New Life 44-8. CPS beats Owen Gage 40-22. That was basketball. Also did a hockey game on Tuesday. Do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, I, I'm just going to get All it right. in there. Marysville wins the Mac White title with a 6-3 win over Port here in high. And they actually this the Mac hockey actually gives out a trophy. Yes. The, the, Which is the, cool. They, they Do set, that more. They set up a table, and, and they put the trophy on the table, and the guys came over and got their trophy. Like, the guys didn't even really know, like, really? This is a thing, and they gave them the trophy, and they do that for all sports. You let the parents out on the ice and take pictures and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, do that for again every sport. And and the thing was is that it started out looking like, well, first off, it was good. The first ten minutes were scoreless, and then the Vikings got it rolling. Trevor Wallace scored a goal, uh, and then uh, uh, Braden Turner got his. 26th goal of the uh, the season, and then Ty Van Hoodigan scored a goal, and, and they scored these goals in like a three-and-a-half-minute stretch. So it's 3 nothing after one. They get an early goal in the second from Ben LaValle. Then midway through the second, they get a power play goal from Noah LaValle, and now it's 5 nothing. and you're like, nothing's stopping Marysville today. They want the title. And then all of a sudden, something happened. PH got a goal from Ethan White in the late second period to make it 5-1, to one, and it gave him a little life. Yeah. And Ethan White got another goal early stages of the third period. Now it's 5-2. to two. And You're like, oh, Marysville is still all right. Till Gavin DeLong rips one home, and it's 5-3, to three, and there's two and a half minutes still up on the clock, um, and, and the big reds are going for it. They pull the goalie. Just right away? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. They, 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 what do you have to lose? They pull the goalie, and they go after it. And finally, uh, from his own end, like he was in his own face-off circle off to the left of the goal, and Ty Van Hootigan flipped it up in the air, down the ice, dead center into the empty net to end it. Um, so 6-3 was your final. Uh, Marysville won the game. But kudos to the Big Reds because they made an uninteresting game interesting. And then and that kind of makes it all the more fun. Like when Van Hoodigan hits the right. empty net, and that cinches the deal. Yeah. And then you know you, they're thirty seconds away from being champions. Right. So yeah. that well, that was fun. And that big red flurry in the third quarter must have carried over because I saw a heck of a hockey game last night. And well, are you done with Tuesday stuff? We're finally? done with Tuesday right. stuff. Finally, we can talk about that in the next segment because we can start with hockey in the next segment. There was no girls basketball. So we'll start with hockey and end with boys basketball. And we'll finally be caught up for the week and, and then fall behind again because there'll be a million games tonight. And, and then we'll do another show. 
<laughs> How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Well, let's not waste any time because this show is probably already way longer no, than it needs to we're be. Fine. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, <laughs> slip, <laughs> squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows. With low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes, they can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. 
Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, now we're finally to uh, last night's games. <laughs> so we'll start on the uh, ice because that's where you were in McMoran Arena, and I'll be back there a little later today. Yes. Yes, and a lot of hockey this week. So A lot of good hockey. So after finding out that I'm doing hockey, go to Port Huron Unified. Oh, excuse me, Dearborn Unified. Oh, I promise you this game was not that boring. It was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> um, by the way, do you know what Dearborn Unified's nickname is? Like, what are they called? Oh, I don't know. The the, the host school is Edsel. is Edsel Ford. Right, but, like, there was nothing that told me if they were – any nickname. So they were Dearborn the whole night. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Utica is the same way. I mean, they... They're, they're, not, they're just Utica Unified, right? Yeah, but... It's like a soccer name. You're just... The, I, I think their uniforms look more like Ford. Right. But I just don't know what they're... Are they called? The... What is, it, Etzel, what is Etzel yeah. Ford called anyway? I don't know. Anyway. The Junkers? <laughs> anyway. So get this game going. And not even three minutes in, a a really nice goal. They they get it started. Um, hold on, let me find my roster here so I don't have it. Um, God, I wrote down the numbers because I don't have time to, to do everything. So talk for a minute while I look woefully unprofessional and unprepared. Okay, well I'll be at a hockey game uh, tonight. It's senior night for Marysville. Yes. Just wanted to throw that in there while we All had right. the chance. I never even thought about the fact that I just wrote down the numbers. All right, here we go. Um, why is Oh, because this is from two years ago. I was like, why is this roster so wrong? All right, here we go. So three minutes into the game, Port Huron gets a score, a goal, of course. Um, all right, we're, I'm just going to edit all this out because this well, is – Well, give me the, the number. Bad. If it's Port Huron, 13. I know. That's Trevor Gregg. Gregg, okay, yes. Because I, I was getting 13, 14, and 15 mixed up all night because they have like five guys all in that. Yes, Greg Trevor Martin Gregg. and Axelrod. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, but I couldn't remember which one was which. Yeah. I've done and a then, few more games and, than And you, then so. White, 17. Yep. So it's like 13 through 17 are all the same, and they all are on the ice at the same time. Yes, Greg. Greg, um, he scores three minutes in. Gets it going. Uh, Dearborn, though, answered a minute later. They, they kid uh, Holland from the right wing circle pings the post and goes right in. Beauty of a shot, 1-1. One, one. And then Axelrod got a goal. That's my, your favorite my dude. My favorite name in <laughs> hockey this year, Axelrod. He makes it 2-1. to one, And then Dearborn answered a minute later. Scored another goal. Beat it, uh, beat Jones to make it two to two, and then they would score one more on I, I believe 
the next one was a flurry out in front of the net and just got it. Taman was his name, got it by uh, Jones. Three to two, and I was like, all right. The first four goals happened. The first goal happened at 256. The fourth goal happened at 526. So, what, two and a half minutes and we had four goals? Then the last goal didn't happen until the last minute of the period at 1609. And then it was quiet. No one scored again until Dearborn scored a goal on the power play with uh, tw- at 12.30 of the second period. So it was a long time yeah. of just nothing. It was a tip-in. Kid took a shot from the point, and the one guy, Deckard, I believe his name was, just tipped it and went right past Jones. Didn't really have a chance. But 25 seconds later, Dearborn took a penalty and Port Huron scored Axelrod, and it wasn't a pretty goal. It was out in front. It was a little tic-tac-toe passing. It was White, Martin. They got it to Axelrod. He was two feet away, and he whiffs on the shot, and you can see him go, oh, crap, reaches behind him, falling down, and just fires it as hard as he can at the net from point blank and somehow <laughs> beat the goalie. So he both whiffed and scored a goal at the same time, but hey, he scored, yeah. so he made up for it. You could tell he went, oh, Looks no. Looks good I'm, on the sheet. He's like, I'm not <laughs> living this down if I don't score this. Four to three. And that's where we'd go until the third period where just a couple minutes in, Ethan White, bang, snipes one. Four to four. I'm like, all right, we got ourselves a game. Because for most of the game, it's, it felt like Dearborn had had the ice tilted in their favor outside of the first couple minutes when PH got their early barrage. But, yeah, White ties it. And then later in the period, uh, the Holland kid again, it was a flurry out in front and just got it got it past Jones, didn't really have a chance. And you're like, ah, there's the backbreaker. But the thing that happened, it was the weirdest thing. Dearborn scores to go up 5-4. to four. As they score, they get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Taunting, probably. No. Somebody probably said something. I think it was, yeah, someone said, but it was like the kid passed it up. Um, Cornet was his name, passes it up to Holland. Holland scores, and like he scores, and then the official next to Cornet puts his hand up. Boom, nope, penalty on Sportsman, like two minutes. And it's like, all right, so Pius just gave up the go-ahead goal with six-something to go, and immediately goes on the power play, and it would pay off because Ethan White, again, got the puck out in front, took a second, goes, all right, I'm going to put this uh, in the top left corner. Pink picks it, tie game, and no one would score the rest of regulation. And Elijah Jones was getting peppered with shots. That Dearborn could have easily scored double-digit goals. He had faced... Uh, 46 shots in regulation. So he had 41 saves. Pretty, I mean, five goals doesn't look great, but when you give up 46. Yeah, when you you put it into that perspective. Yeah. Elijah Jones, there were some chances out in front. I'm like, oh, here's a goal. Nope, save, glove, pat it away. Um, So he did did a really nice job, but in overtime, Dearborn was just too persistent. Port Huron didn't even get a shot off. Uh, it was a pass across the crease, and the kid, Taman, just tapped it in, game over. And Port Huron High, they played their butts off. They played really hard, and they could have easily folded it up when they went down 4-2. to two. They didn't. Jones played a, a really well, I thought. 
Uh, Ethan White played a heck of a game. Cooper Martin didn't get a ton of points, but I, I said his name a lot. Yeah, Cooper Martin's had a really good year for PH. Yeah, so but they got outshot nine nothing in overtime. So that took took his save total to what fifty? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Well, we forty six. Forty six. Yeah, gave up forty nine saves on fifty six shots. That's a pretty good night. He was our, my player of the game, but uh, Big Reds dropped a tough one despite it. Despite playing what I thought was pretty well, they got the goaltending. At times, they had the offense. It just wasn't quite consistent enough. Yeah. Uh, Northern was uh, on the road last night, lost at Cranbrook 6-1 to in the other uh, hockey game. Everything else last night that happened was boys basketball. Uh, another um, m- moment or history note for Northern basketball when they beat Anchor Bay 48-38. to um, you were telling me it Jameson is. Jameson had 26 and uh, 13. By yeah, he had 26 and 13. You were telling me this is the first time the Huskies have ever swept their league. Yeah, they went 10 and 0 in league. They've never done that before. And and again, you think of all the years they've been playing basketball in the MAC. It kind of boggles your mind, doesn't Cause it? Because they've Cause, had – Because you're, you're thinking, oh, well, well, they must have had a year with Weimer where they did it. Or, just, or they must have had a year with this team where they did or it. Or just a good team that was in a weak division. Yeah. And I will – But they've ha- never been in a weak division. That's the thing. Right, because back before the Mac, it was what, the EML? Yeah. And that wasn't – That wasn't easy either. No. Uh, but I will eat some crow because if you would have told me not only, and we said this on Monday's show, not only does Northern win their division, but they do it by going 10-0, and I would not have believed you for a minute. And especially after that start, you're like, all right, well, this is what we feared with Northern. Turned out to be pretty good idea to play some of the best teams in the state because guess what? Lakeshore doesn't look as high and mighty after you've played Ferndale and Catholic Central. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing too is like maybe for the first little while, the the, the guys were all watching Tyler play, and then the one because oh, now they're getting contributions that from was, everybody. That was the catalyst, I think, is because you, you know what Jamison's gonna do. That's not a surprise when Jamison scores thirty some points, but the fact that they've gotten contributions from other guys and have started to. You know, almost do it by committee. Who's the number two and three scores? That's made the biggest difference. Last night, no one had a huge night, but Evan DeLong six points, Luke Maher six points, Malachi Mitchell four points. He had seven rebounds. DeLong had six rebounds. They don't need to be superhuman, but they all contribute enough to where it gets them the win. And I'm sure they would have liked more than an 11 point win over Anchor Bay, but. You were undefeated, outright league champs, first time in school history, which seems insane. Yeah. And I'm sure, too, that they gave Tyler a little bit of a break in this game. (laughs) He doesn't come out of many games. No. That's 11 wins in a row now for Northern. They're playing good basketball right now. Uh, and and like I like I say, yeah, a lot of it is because Tyler Jameson is sensational, but they as a group are playing good basketball right now. And they're playing really well defensively, and that's something that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. Like those guys can lock down. They held what Lakeshore to how many points last time? Um, 48, 47, 46, 47. Yeah, I don't believe they had scored under 50. Three times this year, including that game. Yeah. 
And the other one was their other loss against Brother Rice. That's yeah. yeah Lakeshore's lost to two teams this year: Portnier on Northern and Brother Rice. And good defense, especially in basketball, where we get tied up and who had how many points. Good defense gets lost sometimes, and yeah, they're playing big. Big congratulations defense. to Portnier on Northern. Now, go slay the dragon. Yep. Well, we'll work on one, we'll get one step at a time. We'll get there. And it's been a year where they, they like to topple records right now, so let's keep toppling records. Uh, Lakeview over PH, 67-43. to uh, 43. I didn't hear much about this game other than uh, – um, I know they P- spotted them. Um, I think it was a 12-0 run to start. Yeah. They were actually able to tie it by halftime. I was going to say that, that PH played hard in this game is what I heard. Yeah, and then they just – couldn't quite uh, let it let up. The third quarter really did them in. They only scored four. They lost that quarter nineteen to four. Um, four Port here on high. They only had they had two players in double figures. Coronado had thirteen, and Oriole had twelve. So, or or Coronado and Oriole, you know, when they get going, they can be dangerous. But yeah, we don't talk a lot about uh, Brendan Coronado, but he's actually played well for them all year. Yes, he has. Um, real quick, slight rant on Lakeview. The only place you will ever go where the Aux gym is leaps and bounds better than the main gym. The main gym is like going into a dungeon. It is old. It is the floor is bad. It's you can tell it's from like the '60s, and then it's like going into the gardens right across the hall. Home court advantage. You have a shrine of an ox gym. Natural lighting. The lighting in the gym is bright. The floor is beautiful. No seats, but they didn't put seats in there, and it's just a practice facility. It's it blows my mind. It would be like if. The hockey teams practiced at McMoran and then went to Glacier Point to play their games. <laughs> it is awful. Lakeview is one of the worst places to go and play in the MAC. All right. The Lincoln Globetrotters beat Marysville 83-44. to Yeah, and it looks like that matchup's going to happen again in the MAC tournament. Oh, my goodness. Lincoln is really good. I was giving you the numbers. They are averaging... Uh, da, 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 da. They are averaging 69 points a game. If you want a little con- context... No one else in the MAC outside of one or two teams. Only one other team is averaging above 63, and that's Lance Cruz in the gold. Wow. So they are far and away the most prolific offensive team. Uh, apparently St. Clair needed an escort out of town after beating East Point 56-32. <laughs> to 32. Yeah. Well, they got the win, <laughs> and now that sets up an uh, opportunity <laughs> Going down the stretch that if they they can beat Fitzgerald tomorrow at home, they need a little bit of help from either Lance Cruz or Fitz to split a Matt Gold title, which, again, that's another team. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, I thought they were going to be improved. I didn't think they were going to be within a arm's reach of a Mac title. Good. Improved from last year high scoring game marine city over hazel park 73 to 66 mariners get the win and this all but clinches a spot in the mac tournament 
for Marine City. Uh, they they do need to either win one or Clawson needs to lose one of their next two. But Clawson plays center line. Marine City takes on Lamphere. And if they beat Lamphere, I believe that could move them up to the three spot where they could rematch with center line in the MAC tournament. It was a fun game the last time they played, and they've had two close games this year. They split the season series. New Haven beat Utica Ford 49-40. to Ubley over Harbor Beach 52-35. So that's how good Ubley is in boys basketball. Because Beach is good. We were look. We were looking at this. I think there's a Brown City Ubley game. I might have to go up to in uh, what? Uh, in like a, a little over a week. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Because I it's, think it's, next Friday. It's a good night for for all this stuff. But and, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go up there, I'm not going to stop you. That could San- be for the GTC's title. Yeah. Sandusky beat KPAC 56-26. And maybe the game of the night uh, out in the GTC East was Marlette over Memphis in overtime, 60-53. to I almost went up there for that one. I was looking at him like, that could be a really fun game. Hadn't seen Memphis yet. But it started at 8 o'clock, and that was the deal breaker because I was, <laughs> I was like, done by 8 o'clock with my PH game. So, and, and Brady needs his beauty sleep. Yes, I do. So, um, again, you, you made a good choice. You saw an overtime hockey right. game. Right. So. It was an overtime basketball game or an overtime hockey game. And an overtime hockey game that ends when the overtime basketball <laughs> game starts. Right. I know the choice I would have made. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you got anything else? Uh, let them know where we are. Well, we're gonna have a show tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so we'll gonna have be a show tonight. tomorrow. And we'll be about we'll, tonight, and and we'll Friday's we'll, matchups. We'll, yeah, talk a lot about Friday's matchups because usually we have two days to talk about. But <laughs> glad you're feeling a little better, Dennis. Uh, good enough that I can go out and play again today. <laughs> stay, stay away from all the rancid food. So I, I know at six, I'll be in McMorrin, Marysville, Lance Cruz Unified Senior Night for the uh, the Vikings. There may or may not be another game there tonight. Yeah, the state has PH playing uh, at the same time. Yeah, against which would be interesting. St. Clair Shores Unified, right? Four, four teams on the ice, sharing two nets. Let's let's do it. Two go two goalies, or should you just get one of those like uh, practice ones where you have the five <laughs> holes in them? We'll figure it out. I'll we'll we'll track down uh, Rob uh, Churchill yeah. and see what he's got on the ice tonight. So, for sure, one hockey game, maybe two on stream one. Yeah, and then, well, we'll tell you what we have tomorrow when we have tomorrow. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.